Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. I'm catching on the hosel, right? Yeah, right, right. Moving my head. Yeah. Clearing too early. I'm clearing too late. My swing feels like an unfolding lawn chair. The crowd is just on its feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess. Four! Please, Darren Pritchett is now broadcasting. Oh, wow! In your life have you seen anything like that? On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. And a pleasant good afternoon, everyone. Budweiser's weekday sports beat is on the air on this Thursday, June the 9th of 2022. It is seven minutes after five o'clock. It is a beautiful afternoon in downtown South Bend, Indiana. Good night for a ball game. Just a couple of blocks away, Four Winds Field will be the site. Of some minor league baseball at 7.05, South Bend Cubs, Cedar Rapids Colonels continuing their series. You can hear the ball game on WSBT Radio. Pre-game starts at 6.45. First pitch at 7.05 right here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Well, this program is brought to you by our great friends and longtime sponsors, Budweiser, the king of beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Baseball fans, this Bud's for you. By Tim Growl, State Farm Insurance. Please mention Sports Beat to Tim, and you'll get a free gift along with your free quote. Call Tim today at 232-9981. By Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, serving our community while serving Michiana's most favorite pizza, since 1978 by pet refuge urging you to adopt don't shop where new beginnings have happy endings and by the food bank of northern indiana hunger is a story we can end find out how at feedindiana.org my name is darren pritchett hope you're having a terrific afternoon thanks for joining me here on wsbt radio sports beat will be here on 960 AM WSBT, WSBTradio.com, and our free WSBT radio app until Cubs baseball starts at 645. Also, it gives me a little time to have a front row seat ready to go for tonight's big announcement as C.J. Carr, one of the elite quarterbacks in the class of 2024, is expected at 7 o'clock on CBS Sports HQ to verbally commit to the University of Notre Dame. The finalists for Carr, Georgia, the family down at LSU, Michigan, Michigan State, Wisconsin, and Notre Dame, according to Mike Singer, recruiting insider, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. He has put in a projection that Carr will pick Notre Dame and the main competition for the Irish, the Michigan Wolverines, and the Wisconsin Badgers, who have quietly been a factor in this recruitment. I would be like, did you see Jack Cohn at Wisconsin? Did you see Jack Cohn at Notre Dame? Come on down to South Bend. Let's have some fun, CJ. But it looks like he has really fallen in love with Notre Dame, despite the fact his mom and dad went to Michigan. His dad was a football player at Michigan. His grandfather was the head football coach at Michigan, Lloyd Carr. But C.J. Carr looks like he is going to come to South Bend to create his own name and get away from that Michigan heritage, which has been so outstanding to his family. 
But it sounds like CJ is ready to pick the Fighting Irish in about an hour and 49 minutes. Again, you can check out the announcement on CBS Sports HQ at 7 o'clock tonight. Four or a five-star quarterback, depending on the service you look at. 2,696 passing yards as a sophomore last year in Saline, Michigan. 28 touchdown passes, four interceptions, completed 156 of 243 pass attempts. Now, if Carr picks the Fighting Irish today, we will have to wait until December of 2023 for Carr to sign on the dotted line. I've had some people ask me. I know there's been talk about this on the Internet, which you got to be careful about, but is there any chance he would reclassify to 2023, I honestly have no information on that. If C.J. Carr picks the Irish tonight, we will have Mike Singer from Blue and Gold Illustrated on tomorrow's program, and I'll ask him about if there's any truth to the possibility of reclassifying. I was told today that Dante Moore and C.J. Carr are very close in age, despite being in different classes. So, worth asking. We'll see what we can find out from Mike if and when we talk to Mike on tomorrow's program here on WSBT Radio. And we'll have more on C.J. Carr coming up at 6.07 tonight as the countdown gets within an hour at that point of Carr, we assume, picking the University of Notre Dame. It would be the third member of the class of 2024, and this would be a massive get For the Fighting Irish, and it sounds like he's ready to start recruiting for that class of 2024. You always like to hear that. So, CJ Carr announcement, 7 o'clock tonight. CBS Sports HQ, you now have an hour and 47 minutes to figure out how to watch CBS Sports HQ if you want to watch that announcement as it takes place up in Michigan. Also this afternoon, it looked like it was going to be a great day For the Chicago White Sox, a 4-0 lead at home against the L.A. Dodgers as L.A. came to the plate in the fifth inning against Dylan Cease. And since the fifth inning started, the roof has caved in on the White Sox. The Dodgers have posted 10 runs over the fifth and the sixth innings. And now as they hit in the seventh inning, it is the Dodgers 10 and the White Sox, five Sox, got off to a great start. Mendick, an RBI ground out in the third inning. Former Irish star A.J. Pollock, a ground rule double, scoring Jose Abreu in the fourth. Adam Engel hit by a pitch with the bases loaded in the fourth. Josh Harrison hit a sacrifice fly, scoring Pollock. It was 4 nothing. Southsiders going to the fifth. And now the Dodgers have been on a roll. They have put up 10 of the last 11 runs. Max Muncy. Two for four with a home run and five driven in. Freddie Freeman is three for four for the Dodgers. He has two runs scored and three RBI. Dylan Cease gave up six runs in four and two-thirds innings. None of the runs were earned. Jake Berger had an error at third base for the White Sox. And the Dylan Cease ERA is still in good shape, but still allowed six runs over four and two-thirds innings. He struck out eight, and right now he is on the hook for the loss in Chicago. White Sox coming to the plate in the bottom of the seventh inning. New look lineup today, the top three, Mendick, Vaughn, and Robert for manager 
Tony LaRusa. So the Sox down 10-5 as they come to the plate in the bottom of the seventh inning. The first pitch and the first pitch of the night. And we are ready for the first pitch. Into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. And my first pitch to you tonight centers around Notre Dame football coach Marcus Freeman. And he is obviously earning a lot of respect from people across the country, including the annual poll that comes out in the summertime from the Sporting News as they rank the Division I coaches from worst to best. Marcus Freeman, according to the Sporting News, is the highest-ranked first-year head coach in Division I. The Sporting News ranked Marcus Freeman at number 35. He's coached one game. That was the Fiesta Bowl loss to Oklahoma State. But it appears the people who vote on this have concluded Marcus Freeman is the right guy for the Notre Dame job, and he is ready to roll. So let's take a look at this list. Again, Freeman at 35, the five coaches directly behind him. At 36 from Missouri, or Missouri, Eli Drinkwitz. This guy I do not know a whole lot about. Chris Kleiman from Kansas State comes in at number 37, two spots behind Marcus Freeman. Then you've got a guy who's coached in the national championship game at 38, now the head coach at UCLA. A guy that was fired in the NFL, Chip Kelly, is three spots behind Marcus Freeman. Coming in at number 39, four spots behind Freeman. From Auburn, he almost got fired after his first year. Brian Harzen. And coming in at number 40, five spots behind Marcus Freeman in the Sporting News top college head football coach poll. Guy just down the road, the Purdue Boilermakers, Jeff Brom. How about the five guys right in front of Marcus Freeman? Pretty interesting list, to say the least. There's a little bit of everything in the group of five coaches right in front of Freeman in this poll. We'll start at 34. This guy, well-known from his days in the National Football League, a part of one of the most bizarre plays in NFL history, Eagles-Giants at the Meadowlands. The Giants trying to run out the clock. They run a play, fumble the football, and this guy picked it up and scored. He then became a head coach in the NFL and came up with the saying, you play to win the game. Went on to be an ESPN analyst, now the head coach at Arizona State, Herm Edwards. Two spots ahead of Marcus Freeman at number 33. From the South Carolina Gamecocks, Shane Beamer. Coming in at number 32, this guy is getting a lot of pub early that he might be able to turn around his new team quickly. Comes from Louisiana, where he did great things with that program. Now the head coach of the Florida Gators, Billy Napier. He's at 32. Four spots ahead of Marcus Freeman in the Sporting News top college head football coaches poll. 
an opponent of the Fighting Irish. Great track record. Last couple of years, this program has been down. The Irish have had good success against this team the last few years. From the Stanford Cardinal, David Shaw. And at number 30, before I tell you who it is, I want you to ask yourself, once I say his name, would you rather have Marcus Freeman or this guy? Now, this guy is five spots ahead of Marcus Freeman. Please don't laugh too hard. Coming in at number 30, five spots ahead of Marcus Freeman in this poll, from Mississippi State, Mike Leach. Care to trade Marcus Freeman for Mike Leach? Anybody? No, we're good, thanks. All good right here in South Bend. We're very happy. That's an interesting list. Edwards, Beamer, Napier, Shaw, and Leach. Whew. So who are some of the others ahead of Marcus Freeman? Guys that I would not take over Marcus Freeman. My biggest surprise is this shouldn't be a surprise, but I'm just not personally a big fan of this guy. His record is great. So I'm probably way off base. It's just my feeling toward him. He's 65 and 23 at Wisconsin. Paul Christ is 18th in this Sporting News top college head football coaches poll. That just seems awfully high. Maybe I'm just thinking about all those Jack Cohn questions that he would not answer. <laughs> he just wanted to ignore every Jack Cohn question last year. Also ahead of Marcus Freeman, this is the one coming in at 11. Mario Cristobal, the new head coach in Miami. His career record is 62-60. and 60. Comes from Oregon to his alma mater. They have him 11th. That seems awfully high. And coming in at number 9, man, you beat Ohio State and boom, you become a big deal. Jim Harbaugh at number 9. Biggest surprise behind Freeman? You know what? I really couldn't find anyone of significance to really point out. I think this guy's a really good coach. Got kind of a raw deal at Auburn, but Gus Malzahn is 86-42 and 42 as a collegiate head coach at Arkansas State, Auburn, and now Central Florida. His winning percentage, 672. The problem at Auburn, you play in the same state as this other pretty good football program. Yeah, they do some good things usually in January, Alabama. A couple of others worth noting in the Sporting News top college head football coaches poll, former Irish defensive coordinator. Now in his second year as the head coach at Vanderbilt, Clark Lee is number 76. And coming in at number six, former Irish head coach, and now the man in charge down in the bayou, the LSU Tigers head man, Brian Kelly. Again, Kelly at number six. No surprise, Saban won. And Dabo Sweeney, number two. Lincoln Riley at USC was in the top ten in this poll. So a fun list. Marcus Freeman getting a lot of love, being listed at number 35 in the best head coach's football poll. But I kind of cracked up at 30. Mike Leach. I wonder how many colleges would take their head coach and trade for him. Just feels like a lot of drama. His press conferences are epic. The things he talks about, 
it's very entertaining, but just feels like a lot of drama comes with that head coach. So there you go. You can check it out. Sporty News, top college head football coaches. Notre Dame's Marcus Freeman comes in at number 35. That's a pretty good ranking for a guy that's only been a head coach for one game. I think he is highly respected for his job as a defensive coordinator at Cincinnati. What he did here in South Bend is one year as defensive coordinator. And I just think there are a lot of expectations with the way Freeman is recruiting. You take a look at all the recruiting services. The Irish are doing great things in the recruiting circles for 2023. And it looks like 2024 is going to be off to a roaring start if they had C.J. Carr in about an hour and a half. So it is a fun list. I remember... Wasn't it last summer or last fall? I'm kind of forgetting the timeline. But there was a lot of controversy surrounding Arizona State, some of the things they were doing centered around COVID, kids on campus. There was going to be an investigation. I know some guys walked away from the program, but Herm Edwards is still the head coach at Arizona State, and he comes in one spot ahead of Marcus Freeman at number 34. So there you have it, fun list, Sporting News, top college head football coaches. Still coming up on the program, we've got our Twitter question of the day coming up in just a little bit. We'll have more on C.J. Carr, the five-star quarterback, expected to pick Notre Dame later on tonight. We'll have that conversation at 6.07. We'll have our My 5 question of the day, sports wagering coming up. And coming up in just a couple of moments, I'm going to be joined by Dr. Brian Radigan. If you have a youngster that is interested in football, we have a camp that we have to tell you about. You get to learn and interact from members of the Notre Dame football team. It's happening right here in our area, and admission is free. That's right, free. We'll give you all the details on how your youngster can get involved coming up in just a couple of moments as Budweiser's weekday sports beat continues on your home of the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Highlight reel won by Williams. Down the sideline, Williams. Chase by Gamble. 20, 10. What a run. Touchdown. Spectacular run. Here's the fake. Meyer looking. Meyer finding the other tight end. Irv Smith touchdown. Five-five rocket touchdown. Irish. Here's your host. Darren Pritchett. It is 29 minutes in front of 6 o'clock on this Thursday evening. Welcome back to Sportsbeat live on 960 AM WSBT, a live stream available at WSBTradio.com and on our free WSBT radio app. Well, for many youngsters, not only in our community, but across the country, they look up to Notre Dame football players and 
if you had the opportunity to send your youngster to a camp and being surrounded by Notre Dame football players, learn from them, get a chance to talk to them, that would be a pretty cool experience. And I think a lot of people would pay a good penny to do something like that. Well, we've got a great, great opportunity for you to be up close and personal for your kids with some Notre Dame football players to tell us all about it from South Bend Orthopedics, Dr. Brian Rannigan, board-certified orthopedic surgeon who specializes in sports medicine with an interest in arthroscopic and reconstructive surgery of the shoulder and the knee. Dr. Rannigan, always great to talk to you. How are you today? Great, Darren. Thanks for having me. I appreciate this. You bet. I, hearing those football highlights, I'm kind of ready for football. How about you? I, I was getting a little excited. I won't lie to you. <laughs> <Good stuff. laughs> well, Dr. Rattigan, the takeoff tour powered by Tough. This is sponsored by South Bend Orthopedics. And I teased it a little bit. It's a chance for youngsters in our community to learn about football from members of the Notre Dame football team. Pass along the details of what some youngsters in our community might be able to do. You know, it's, a, it's actually a really great event. Adam Shibley is a player we had at Notre Dame last year who actually, as much as it pains me to say, started his career at Michigan. So we don't need to repeat that again. <laughs> but he transferred in and unfortunately had a, an injury uh, in the first game of the year and missed the remainder of the season. But a, a great guy, a great young man, who's taken upon himself to start this campaign uh, with Tough. And basically he's, he's serving the underserved. So the, the kids who can't afford uniforms and equipment, and he provides mentorship for a lot of these programs in these cities. And so he started it, and the first camp was actually last week in Michigan. And then the second one obviously makes sense to have at Notre Dame. And the, the players at Notre Dame are donating their time. About 25 or 30 players will be out there donating their time for a couple hours. And all the money, you know, South Bend Orthopedics was happy to sponsor this because it's for a good cause, obviously, for these kids. And then all the other people that come, it, it's really a dollar is all it takes okay. to uh, just get it going on the website, and they can hang out for two hours. They get a T-shirt. They get water, Gatorade, some pizza on the way out, hanging out with some Notre Dame football players, maybe learn a few things, maybe not. But it's a great idea to get all these young football players together. And, and we love the sport over over there at Notre Dame. We love the sport, and we – there's a lot of things behind the sport that are important, uh, valuable lessons. So these guys are great people to learn from. These players are excited about doing it. So, Dr. Radigan, is the goal to teach a few fundamentals here and there to these youngsters? Yep, yep, exactly. There's a, a little bit of everything. So some of it is some testing. You know, these guys, you know, they watch the combines. They see all these things. So there's a little bit of testing that they'll do. They'll learn a little bit about how these guys go through that. They'll learn some football-specific drills, and they'll play some games. There'll be some competitions. And, and this is the first year. I mean, this is literally the second camp ever with this organization. And they already have two more set up. I think one's in South Carolina. There's hmm. another one, I think, in Ohio. So these, uh, this camp, I expect, to be something that happens every year uh, as, we, as we move forward. I think the youth will really uh, teach us a lot on Saturdays for what we can get out of them. Maybe it'll have to be two time slots, but right now it's one time slot, and uh, they have a lot of things on the agenda. I hope they can get it all in. And Dr. Radigan, before we talk more about this, let's go ahead and pass along uh, the date, the time, uh, where the event will take place, and how people can register. Yeah, so there's a website um, they can go to, and it's basically 
it's called the takeoff tour by tough uh, t-u-f-f and so that if you go on to the event which well, i wish i had the website off the top of my head but you can go on to the event and i can get it to you um they can basically log on it's super easy you just click on ticket and for as little as a dollar you can donate more if you want but just a dollar will get you an entrance into the event it's from 2 to 4 p.m this saturday so two days from now this saturday at saint joe high school saint joe high school has a, a nice big turf field and uh you know coincidentally my son played there mm-hmm. you know, a few years ago he's now going to be a senior on the football team at notre dame so I think it made some sense for them to use his high school and St. Joe, the athletic uh, department there, the athletic director and head coach were willing to let him have the field for a day. So everybody's donating their time right now. Here is the website. It is www.eventbrite. Let me spell it. E-V-E-N-T-B-R-I-T-E. Eventbrite.com. When the web page comes up at the top in the search engine, just type in Takeoff Tour South Bend, and the information will come up. It's as simple as that. And a couple of times, Dr. Redigan, you've mentioned that this Takeoff Tour is powered by Tough. I'm not familiar with Tough. T-U-F-F. Um, how is it a part of this whole um, event that's coming up? So that that's the Uniform Funding Foundation is what okay. it stands for. It's a nonprofit organization that was started by Adam Shively and some others. Uh, that's the name of the foundation. So the, the T-U-F-F is the Uniform Funding Foundation. And that's really what it's for is to get this uniforms, equipment, mentorship to the underserved youth athletes. And, and most, of the, most of the proceeds are all going there. So that's why we were more than happy to, to sponsor it. And that's why the kids don't need to spend anything more than a dollar to go we want the kids to go that's awesome and what about the age groups the fourth incoming fourth graders all the way to incoming 12th graders oh wow okay well we might as well name drop a little bit because there are some pretty impressive names on the list of guys that are going to be a part of this event from the Notre Dame football team and as I pass it along to you to talk about some of these guys I hope none of these guys see you in the office this year hopefully it's all handshakes at Notre Dame Stadium (laughs) so let's talk about some of the star power yeah so Tyler Buckner quarterback will be there Uh, cornerback Cam Hart linebacker Bo Bauer linebacker Marist I mean you got and hey uh, wide receiver Connor Radigan will be there. That's right. We got to yeah. put that one in there. Um, the D line Isaiah Foskey. He he was going to be there, but word has it today they're pulling him to go to the Notre Dame baseball game for some reason. Um, I uh, I'm not sure. So that one I can't confirm for sure because he was getting pulled for other reasons to go to the Super Regional for Notre Dame baseball. Hmm. If he doesn't go to that, he'll be there. And then 20 other guys. There's going to be a bunch. Wow, I think they're awfully we rowdy. Got brothers, we got a we got a bunch. I think Dr. Radigan, they're really rowdy down there in Knoxville for baseball. He might be team protection, Fosky. Maybe that's why he's going down there. <laughs> you know what? The Jack Swarbrick, the AD, might be onto something. Yeah. Maybe he wants him down there with him. A good point. By the way, if I'm not mistaken, I think that Connor Radigan guy had a pretty good blue goal game. He did. He had a great game. He led the team in receiving yards. It was fun watching him. He had a great time. What's it like to be a dad and seeing that Notre Dame helmet and Notre Dame jersey on your son? I love it. I absolutely love it. I mean, he's he's doing great. He's 
he's doing it for all the right reasons, right? And he's met a, t- a ton of great friends. He's still uh, chomping at the bit to get a little more playing time. Uh, working hard. It's fun to watch it. And the guys really come together. And you, know, you take a, a second look at things now. Instead of just watching everybody in the field, I'm kind of watching him a whole lot more too. So you can't help but be a little bit of a dad out there. But I'm super proud of him. He's uh, he's just gotten bigger, faster, stronger like all the other guys are doing. And uh, it's been great. I'm yeah, jealous more than anything. Just jealous. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, Dr. Redigan, congratulations on his success. And hopefully he has a terrific and healthy 2022 campaign. As we start to wind down here, Dr. Redigan, why don't you just recap again What's happening this Saturday at St. Joe High School? Again, a great opportunity for 4th to 12th graders to learn about the game of football from members of the Notre Dame football team. Okay, yeah, there's a football camp from 2 to 4 p.m. St. Joe High School. It's being sponsored by Tough and the charity and the fundraising all going to the underserved kids. Uh, Notre Dame athletes, the football players, 25 to 30 players are expected to be there to help run the camp. And you just got to sign on to that website. I think www.eventbrite, I think you said. Mm -hmm. Get on that website. You can sign up. And no more than a dollar to enter. You're welcome to pay more because it all goes to charity. But no more than a dollar for your athlete to go. And it should be a great time. You'll get, again, water, Gatorade, pizza on the way out, a free T-shirt. You can take pictures with the athletes. And, hey, maybe along the way you'll learn something about football, too. How cool. Great event coming up this Saturday, St. Joe High School here in South Bend, 2 until 4 o'clock, eventbrite.com, and then just search for Takeoff Tour South Bend, and it will take you to the places you need to go to get your son or daughter signed up for this particular event. Dr. Redigan, let me ask you one more question off topic. This is just kind of me being curious as someone that follows sports so closely and with you being a surgeon who specializes in sports medicine. Just from the start of your career to now, how much has your profession changed in terms of equipment or the way you do things? I'm just wondering how just different things are from when you started. You know, the easy answer there is technology. Yeah, It's all about technology. It's changed everything. We can monitor so much more and, and take advantage of everybody's training. The nutritionists, their, their sleep patterns, everything like mm. that, the weight room, the guys are using technology now. For us, even if it unfortunately does go to a surgical problem, the technology has changed our outcomes and people recover faster and better. Biologics, orthobiologics, like using people's own stem cells, like, Mm. it's just amazing. The difference in 10 years is endless. And, and honestly, I can't think of something that I'm doing now that I did 10 years ago. Wow. It's just, it, it's phenomenal. And I think the athletes are better for it. And on the flip side, they're also a lot bigger, faster and stronger than <laughs> when I played. So I don't know if I could hang with them anymore. But <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's amazing. These guys are doing great, but they're, but they're different now. The, the athletes seem to really take on to the science. They yeah. appreciate it. They want to know what it is. Anything you can do to, to create an edge on your performance, they're doing it legally. Yeah. <laughs> they're doing it, and, and it's great. And the Notre Dame community is really anxious. Our, our strength staff, our trainers, our coaches, everybody over the nutritionists, they're really 100% behind anything they can do to help these athletes because it's fun. I think they really enjoy doing their jobs. I'm just amazed being around athletes, whether it's in college or for a few years with the South Bend Cubs, how quickly people come back from ACLs and Tommy John surgery. Now, it used to be a, a lengthy process, and it seems to get shorter and shorter every year. 
Yeah, you know, the, the athletes make us look good, the surgeons. You operate on an athlete. They come in. They're pretty special to begin with with their physical abilities, and, and you can't underestimate how much that helps and how they recover after. Mm. Well, Dr. Redigan, thank you for what you do at South Bend Orthopedics. You guys are always a big part of our community. And once again, you are the sponsor of the Takeoff Tour, powered by Tuff. This Saturday at St. Joe High School here in downtown South Bend, 2 until 4 o'clock. Go to eventbrite.com and then just type into the search engine, Takeoff Tour South Bend, and you'll get your son or daughter registered. And always a pleasure to talk to you again. Best of luck on the upcoming Notre Dame football season, and I hope the event has a great turnout on Saturday. Awesome. Darren, I can't thank you enough. Great catching up again. You bet. You Thank you so much, Doctor. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Dr. Brian Radigan from South Bend Orthopedics. What a great opportunity. Tyler Buckner, Cam Hart, Bo Bauer, Maris Leofow, Connor Radigan, and so many more taking part in this event. Learn a little football on Saturday from 2 until 4 o'clock. It is 16 minutes in front of 6 o'clock. My name is Darren Pritchett, and this is Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. We press on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on this Thursday evening. It is 549 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Darren Pritchett with you. That music means it's time for our Sports Beat Twitter question of the day. It is posted each afternoon. On my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat. Let's recap yesterday's question. It's centered around the National Football League and a guy that was in South Bend a couple of weeks ago, taping some segments for an ESPN Plus show. Eli Manning, Peyton Manning were in town. Rick Meyer was a part of it. Rocket Ismail, among others. Brady Quinn. But former Giants quarterback Eli Manning is a guy that could have an interesting Pro Football Hall of Fame vote. Some feel like he's a lock. Others feel like he's borderline. Here's some of the facts. Eli Manning in the NFL record books is ninth all-time in passing yards, 10th all-time in passing touchdowns. He is not in the top 50 in all-time completion percentage at 60.3%. His record as a starting quarterback, 117 and 117, and maybe the topper. Couple of Super Bowl championship wins over the mighty New England Patriots with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Memorable catches along the way in those two games. So the question is is Eli Manning a Pro Football Hall of Famer? And the majority has spoken. 75% who voted said yes, Eli's a Hall of Famer. 25% said no. I lean toward yes on that particular subject. Ben Roethlisberger, Eli Manning, two guys that will be going in in a few years. Roethlisberger, a couple of championships with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Thanks for voting on that question. We have our new question posted, and it's based on our sports beat first pitch segment from yesterday today's question if a new york post report is correct 
Jack Collinsworth and Jason Garrett could be the Notre Dame football broadcast team on NBC this year. Just to backpedal for a second, we're assuming Mike Tirico is no longer doing Notre Dame football games because he's replacing Al Michaels, calling the NBC NFL Sunday Night Package. They have not officially announced Tirico's not doing Notre Dame football. It is just the assumption. Drew Brees will not be back. He's done after a year at NBC. So, if it is Collinsworth and Garrett, what is your reaction to the possible broadcast team? You have three choices. Number one, okay, I'll wait and see. I'll give a listen, then decide later. Number two, I'm excited to hear them now. Number three, disappointing. Vote now. Vote today, tomorrow. We'd love to have your opinion on this subject. Jack Collinsworth, Jason Garrett, if the New York Post is correct, they could be your NBC broadcast team for home games this year. What is your reaction to that possibility? Wait and see. Excited to hear them. Disappointing. Again, you can find me on Twitter at 960-SPORTSBEAT. Thanks in advance for voting. It is 5.53 on your home of the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. Sports Radio 960 WSBT. One question, five answers. This is the My Five Questions of the Day on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. I'm Taryn Pritchett with today's My Five Question of the Day. Today's question, who are the five teams in Major League Baseball that are the biggest surprise this year? Surprise on the good side, the positive side. So which five teams have surprised me? Ladies and gentlemen, this is number five. Well, I put this team at number five only because I had them finishing in second place in the AL Central. I thought with the moves they made during the offseason, the Minnesota Twins were going to go from last to second in the AL Central. The Chicago White Sox poor start. Some of that due to injury has opened the door, and the Twins right now are the leaders of the AL Central by four games, and that four-game advantage is not even over the White Sox. Those Cleveland Guardians have... Moved in front of the White Sox. Cleveland, four back. White Sox, five back. Minnesota's got some really good starting pitching this year. They've brought in a couple of guys that actually have been bothered by injury. Chris Paddock from San Diego is out for a good amount of time. Sonny Gray's been on the injured list a couple of times. He came over from Cincinnati, but the good young pitching is holding up, and the Twins are 33-25 and in the run differential right now is plus 28. Four! Coming in at number four. I had this team, I want to say, just missing the postseason. I should have looked it up before the show. I was pretty confident I didn't pick them. Now I'm like visualizing it. I'll say no. The San Diego Padres. And I'm putting them on the surprise list because they faded down the stretch last year despite having a really good roster. But I'm going to call this a surprise that they're 13 games over 500 right now because their best player, or arguably their best player, has not taken 
a step on a diamond yet this year. Shortstop Fernando Tatis Jr. lost a battle with a motorcycle. Got himself banged up. Now, Manny Machado might be the best player on the Padres. That can be argued. But Fernando Tatis Jr., without a doubt, one of the most exciting players in baseball, a spark plug offensively for this Padre team. They have not missed him so far. What a start to the year. 35 and 22 for San Diego. And you have to be that good to keep the Dodgers close right now. The Padres in second place in the NL West, a game and a half in back of the Dodgers. And right now, comfortably in the postseason as a wild card team, the San Diego Padres. Okay, okay. Uh, number three. Third most surprising team from my standpoint. This team has been really good for the last, what, five, six, seven years, but I'm still putting them on the list because they're still better than I expected. The Houston Astros are 36-21, and 21, a 632 winning percentage. They lost Carlos Correa in free agency to the Minnesota Twins. Just a lot of pieces have left the Astros the last few years. Of course, a few years ago in free agency, Garrett Cole, their ace left. Lance McCullers, one of their best pitchers, has not pitched an inning so far this year due to injury. That's another reason why the Astros are on the list. Their rotation was supposed to be questionable without McCullers, but Justin Verlander looks like the old Justin Verlander after two years off. Other parts of that rotation holding up. So, again, not a surprise the Astros are in playoff position, but I didn't see 36-21 and 21 in particular after losing Carlos Correa to the Minnesota Twins. Number two. Number two, again, another team that won 90 games last year, but a 7-14 winning percentage for the New York Yankees. They are 40-16. and 16. So, again, not surprised they're doing well, but that well? I mean, we're talking 24 games over 500 on June the 9th. That is quite impressive. They've stayed pretty healthy. Aaron Judge has been banged up a lot the last few years. He's having a great season. Giancarlo Stanton had a recent trip to the IL. He's been really good. The starting pitching, Cortez has been just outstanding. The left-hander has just been terrific the last year or so. You still have Garrett Cole, pretty decent bullpen. But, hey, I'm not surprised the Yankees are winning the AL East, although I did not pick them to win the East. But I just didn't see 40 and 16 good. But that's where the pinstripes are right now. Number one. And the biggest surprise for me in Major League Baseball we head to the desert. The Arizona Diamondbacks are 28 and 31. You might be saying 28 and 31. Well, that's not overly great. But let's keep in mind last year, the Arizona Diamondbacks went 52 and 110. Let me say that again 52 and 110. It was a miserable season down in Arizona, but slowly they are adding parts from their minor league system. Outfielder Alec Thomas, who was the runner-up in home run derby at Four Winds Field a few years ago when the Midwest League All-Star game was here. He's been called up hot early, slowed down recently. They've got a couple of other guys coming quickly. 
but the Diamondbacks have pitched really well. Zach Gallen is a terrific young pitcher that was injured last year. He is healthy this year, and he has been stellar. So the Arizona Diamondbacks went 52-110 and last year. They are the biggest surprise for me so far this year. Highly competitive in a great division. The D-backs are 28-31. and They're already halfway to their win total from last year. That's the My 5 question of the day coming up after a Sports Center update. C.J. Carr, will he say yes to Notre Dame? We'll find out in an hour. We'll break down all the details on this recruitment coming up next as Sports Beat continues on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Leading off the 6 o'clock hour on Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Don't you guys go anywhere. Plan to put on a hitting display. The center fielder. That boy is good. Number nine. Nine times. Nine times. Nine times. A Midwest League champion. Adios! Walk-off home run, Eloy Jimenez. Who prefers to cheer for the birds on a bat. Adios! Goodbye, and maybe that's a winner. Here's Darren Pritchett. And the second hour of Budweiser's weekday sports beat underway on 960 AM WSBT. We are streaming live currently at WSBTradio.com and on our free WSBT radio app brought to you by Budweiser, Tim Growl, State Farm Insurance, Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, Pet Refuge, and the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. It is 6.13 at WSBT. If you're listening to the podcast, well, then you know the answer to the question we're about to talk about here on the program. But if you're listening to us live, there's still a little drama left because in about 47 minutes on CBS Sports HQ, a big, big announcement for the Notre Dame football program and the Irish fan base. The Notre Dame fan base clamoring for another elite quarterback to join this football program. I think a lot of people believe they have one right now in Tyler Buckner. But the expectation is at the top of the hour on CBS Sports HQ, Celine Michigan quarterback C.J. Carr is going to announce his college decision and the 2024 quarterback is expected to pick Marcus Freeman Tommy Reese, and the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. Right now, the six finalists for C.J. Carr, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, Michigan State, LSU, Georgia, and Michigan. And again, for people that aren't familiar with C.J. Carr, yes, that Carr name does ring a bell. His grandfather, Lloyd Carr, the former head coach of Michigan. His dad was a football player at Michigan. His mom went to Michigan. But it appears C.J. Carr is going to be a member of the Notre Dame football family. Now, let's again keep in mind he will not sign on the dotted line his national letter of intent until December of 2023. There still could be another quarterback to sign before C.J. Carr does in the class of 2023. Could it still be five-star Dante Moore? 
depending on who you talk to. And again, this is all speculation because Dante Moore doesn't say a whole lot. Some believe Carr and Moore won't go to the same school. Some say it's still a possibility. I guess we'll find out soon enough. Dante Moore might be pushing back his announcement now until the fall. Meanwhile, C.J. Carr, farther out in his recruitment, is ready to apparently say yes to the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. Mike Singer, Notre Dame football recruiting insider, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Let's get some of his thoughts on C.J. Carr. First off, here is Mike from Blue and Gold Illustrated just talking about Notre Dame's recruitment of five-star quarterback C.J. Carr. Well, Notre Dame offered him when they saw um, him camp for the staff uh, last June for Irish Invasion. He threw for Tommy Reese and everybody, and they offered him on the spot. And they brought him back for a visit in October. They brought him back for a visit in the spring. And then he was just back on campus this past weekend. So that's kind of a trend we've seen with um, Notre Dame recruiting is get him on campus in the summer, get him back for a game, and get him back in the spring. And then Notre Dame's kind of completed the cycle with Carr by having him on campus again in the summer. Um, so, I mean, there Notre Dame looks like the heavy favorite here. I mean, Tommy Reese has done a fantastic job. Um, Notre Dame has kind of sold itself for C.J. Carr, and uh, you know, you know, it's you're talking about C.J. Carr, the grandson of Lloyd Carr, and um, Jason Carr. His father played at Michigan. His mom went to Michigan. I mean, there, there's just a ton that says it's a no-brainer for him to go to Michigan. Various recruiting experts have, have been, you know, pegging him to land with the Wolverines for quite some time. Well, it's interesting Mike says that because last week before Carr was back in South Bend, I believe his third trip to South Bend for Irish Invasion, on three, the recruiting service tied in with Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. They had Michigan as the leader, 54.9% thought that Carr was going to go to Michigan. Notre Dame was second at 42.1%. Michigan State third at 1.2%. And Wisconsin less than a 1% chance. But... Apparently, last week, there was a feeling that Carr was trending away from Michigan. Alabama recently offered C.J. Carr. Georgia is involved in his recruitment. But it appears Notre Dame has won out. 6'2", 185 again. Five-star quarterback in the class of 2024 from Saline, Michigan. With all of the roots within his family to the Michigan Wolverine football program. I asked Mike, C.J. Carr, to Notre Dame and not Michigan, would you consider this an upset? It has to be, Darren. I mean, it's crazy if you say anything otherwise. Like, if you want to look at the micro here and just the, you know, everything that's happened, let's say even back, you know, six months with Harbaugh and, um, you know, him maybe taking the Vikings job, maybe not like flirting with the NFL. Um, you know, how Notre Dame's quarterback board is shaping. You know, you, you take a look at the micro, then maybe it's not crazy. But listen, his last name is Carr, C-A-R-R. Again, Lloyd Carr's grandson. 
how long was he at Michigan? Twenty years? I mean, come on! Like it, he's from Ann Arbor. I mean, the kid still is in Ann Arbor. His high school, I think, is like ten minutes outside Ann Arbor. So yes, it's an it, it it it's it's an upset if Notre Dame lands this kid. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it. Some of the comments of Mike Singer, Notre Dame football recruiting insider, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. According to On3, Carr is the fifth-ranked quarterback in the class of 2024 behind Chandler, Arizona quarterback Dylan Rayola, Charlotte, North Carolina Providence Day School four-star quarterback Jaden Davis, Carlsbad, California four-star quarterback Julian Sayan, and four-star quarterback from Willis, Texas, DJ Lagway. Carr listed as the 23rd overall recruit in the class of 2024. Again, the fifth-ranked quarterback in the class, according to On3. Now, the two previous visits for C.J. Carr to South Bend, they obviously went well. He came back for Irish Invasion. Blue and Gold interviewed C.J. Carr after his second visit to Notre Dame, and he said, quote, The main thing we wanted to check off was seeing Coach Tommy Reese in the quarterback room and how he coaches on the field. Those were two things we got to see on the visit and were excited by. I'm eager to keep building a relationship with Coach Reese and Coach Marcus Freeman. End quote. Then Carr was asked about the upbeat Notre Dame practice he watched in the spring. Quote, I saw a lot of energy. They really like to emphasize competition. That stood out to me, end quote. And finally, to blueandgold.com, back in the spring, Carr on Marcus Freeman, quote, that was a really awesome experience. It was the first time I got to meet Coach Freeman in person. He likes to emphasize competition, and I can tell how badly he wants to win at Notre Dame. Third visit for C.J. Carr to Notre Dame was last weekend. He took part in workouts at Notre Dame. It's called the Irish Invasion. A lot of recruits on campus for that event on Sunday. And I asked Mike Singer, how well did C.J. Carr perform at Irish Invasion? Smooth. He was as smooth as they come at the quarterback position, Darren. Um, just throws effortlessly. Um I mean, real compact delivery. It's clean. Um, I mean, he's got good size, 6'2", 6'3". And remember, he is going into his junior year of high school. I mean, the mechanics are very nice. The ball comes out with great velocity. I mean, when you watch him, um, and, and for folks watching this on YouTube, you see the, the clips of him from Irish Invasion Camp. I mean, it, everything he does just looks very easy. Like he was born to play quarterback, to be honest. And uh, he, again, just uh, everything just looks effortless. And uh, um, he looks good throwing on the run to his right and to his left, Darren. I mean, there's, I mean, I don't know where you would pick out holes in his game. Um, I mean, maybe if you're a couple inches taller, but again, he's just like, you know, 15 or 16 years old so plenty of time for for him to continue to grow and develop physically so all in all I mean I was very impressed with him and and the one-on-ones and routes on air and just working with Tommy Reese and the staff I mean everything he did was pretty impressive 
Well, if you follow Notre Dame football recruiting, then you're very familiar with how hard Notre Dame has went after five-star quarterback in the 23 class, also from the state of Michigan, Dante Moore. He has visited South Bend several times, had the two-day visit back in the spring, but no commitment. The thought was the longer the recruitment goes on, the less of a chance Notre Dame would have for Moore to pick the Irish. The expectation was he was going to make a decision soon, but now Mike mentioned on the program earlier in the week, it could be now the fall before Dante Moore makes a decision. And now the million-dollar question is, if C.J. Carr picks Notre Dame at about 35 minutes, what does that do to Dante Moore looking at Notre Dame? You got Tyler Buckner who's going to start if all goes as planned for the next two or three years. Then you got the secession plan. Is Dante Moore ready for competition? He and C.J. Carr know each other. They've grown up not too far apart. Does Dante Moore want the competition? We don't know. He's keeping everything close to the vest. That's what he has done throughout this entire process. We'll have to wait to see if Dante Moore comes out with a new finalist list. Will Notre Dame be on it? Is Notre Dame still near the top of his list? We really don't know at this particular time. And I tried to pick the brain of Mike Singer on what this means for Dante Moore, C.J. Carr picking the Fighting Irish. You're going to have to ask me again next week, Darren. We still still need a little bit more time before we have a more clear picture on that. It's Yeah, I mean, if you would have told me last week, like really last, like that, hey, you said two months ago. I'm talking about like last week. If you would have told me that oh, this, this Detroit area quarterback would be committed to uh, Dante. I mean, I, I had been hearing that Notre Dame would not be pushing for any quarterbacks until the Fighting Irish had some indication from Dante Moore what he would be doing. I just think that as things have continued to develop here in both recruitments, you have Dante seemingly as a Notre Dame lean shifting away from that more and more as the process has gone on because it felt like he was going to commit to the Fighting Irish in the spring after he took that late March visit, excuse me, visit. And then it's Texas A&M getting a visit here soon. And now we're hearing is stretching his recruitment into the fall. So you have that one seemingly trending away from Notre Dame, while C.J. Carr seems to be trending towards Notre Dame. Now, again, we still have to wait two days to see if Carr does, in fact, pick Notre Dame. Um, but right now, just for the sake of this conversation, let's assume he, ad- assume he does. You know, I don't know if Moore and Carr are going to go to the same school. So, so TBD on the Dante Moore discussion, and I would also add, like, it's too deep to be determined on 2023 quarterback recruiting as a whole. Like, let's like give me a week, give me two weeks. Like, let's let's kind of see how this thing pans out because, you know, they still might go after Dante. They might look at some new players in 2023. Do they just say, ah, we don't need one in this cycle? Um, or let's go get a transfer, like various options on the table for Notre Dame. First things first, C.J. Carr will make his announcement in about 33 minutes on CBS Sports HQ. And again, the expectation is Carr will pick the Fighting Irish. 627 Sports Wagering Talk next on WSBT. Monday, Monday, Monday. 
show me the money. We go with Sizzler. We go with Sizzler. Sports Beat continues on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960, WSBT. My name is Darren Pritchett, and this is our sports wagering segment called We Go On to Sizzler. Four suggestions from last night's program. Let's recap. The first game was postponed due to weather. I had the Cubs on the money line at the Orioles at minus 130, but no game last night. Second game, Marlins and Nationals down in Miami. Sandy Alcantara, the ace of the Marlins, arguably the best pitcher in the National League so far this year. He was taking the mound against a very poor Washington Nationals team. So I took the Marlins minus one and a half runs against the Nationals, which means to win the wager, the Marlins have to win the game by two or more runs. They won, but only two to one, so we came up short. The third suggestion last night, I had the Tampa Bay Rays on the money line over the St. Louis Cardinals at minus 145. Packy Naughton was going for St. Louis just to fill in against Corey Kluber. I love the Rays in this matchup, and for good reason. The Rays opened up this game early and walked away with an 11-3 victory. And our fourth suggestion from last night's program, NBA Finals, the Golden State Warriors visiting the Boston Celtics. The Warriors coming off a terrific performance at home in Game 2. I thought the tide would turn going to Boston. I thought the Celtics would bounce back on their home floor in front of their loud fans. And I took the Celtics minus three and a half points against the Warriors at minus 110. And the Celtics came through with an easy 116 to 100 victory. So last night we had a postponed game. Otherwise, we went two and one. So for the week, I'm now six and four. For the month of June, nine, five, and one. And for the season, 12 games over 500. We'll take it. 36, 24, and one. I also had an underdog pick last night. It has to be a plus number. That did not go well. Had the Mets on the money line against the Padres at plus 115. And the Padres routed the Metropolitans 13 to 2. So my underdog pick is now 8 and 6, but we've lost two in a row. And now to Thursday's suggestions. A lot of early baseball games, so I'm very limited in my choices. I'm not overly excited about this card, but I have to come up with four. So let's give it a shot. The first one, Marlins and Nationals once again. I'm going to take the Marlins on the money line to beat the Nationals at minus 145. Trevor Rogers, a terrific young left-hander. ERA a little high so far this year, above five. But this kid can be dominant. I like the Marlins because of Rogers, but also it is Steven Strasburg's debut Coming off the injured list, he's had some rehabs, but this will be Strasburg's first start of the year. I can't imagine he will go deep into this game. So I'm going to go Marlins on the money line at minus 145. Next up, Orioles and Royals from Kansas City. I'm going Orioles on the money line at minus 110 to beat the Royals. Chris Bubik on the mound for Kansas City. He's had a rough go. ERA above nine this year. I think the Orioles will hurt this left-hander. Maybe Trey Mancini will do some extra damage for Baltimore. Let's go Orioles money line, minus 110 at Kansas City. The third suggestion for tonight, well, the Angels 
can't win a game. It's been two and a half weeks since the Angels have won a game, so we might as well ride the wave until the wave ends. Pavetta versus Otani tonight. Boy, Pavetta, good young pitcher for Boston. Let's go with the Red Sox just because on the money line at the Angels at minus 110. And the fourth and final suggestion for tonight, the Eastern Conference Final resumes in the NHL. It's been a great series so far. The New York Rangers and the Tampa Bay Lightning tied it two wins apiece. The home team is 4-0 so far in this conference final. So again, let's ride the wave. Lightning coming off two great wins at home, but I'm going to say the blue shirts come up big in front of the New Yorkers. Hey, what are you talking about? Rangers will take down the Lightning tonight. So let's go with the Rangers on the money line. We're the underdog at home at plus 105. So the four suggestions for tonight, Marlins on the money line against the Nats at minus 145. Orioles on the money line at Kansas City at minus 110. Red Sox on the money line at the Angels at minus 110. And the New York Rangers on home ice, a money line victory over the Lightning at plus 105. Now to our underdog pick for tonight. This is a big underdog. Again, I'm running out of choices. Not many games tonight. So let's just throw a dart at the dartboard, and maybe we'll get lucky. Oakland A's on the money line at Cleveland will take the A's at plus 145. Not holding my breath on that one, but let's give it a shot. So those are the suggestions for tonight's We Going to Sizzler on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat has been brought to you by our title sponsor, Budweiser, the king of beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Baseball fans, this Bud's for you. By Tim Growl State Farm Insurance, please mention Sports Beat to Tim and you'll get a free gift along with your free quote. Call Tim at 232-9981. By Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, serving our community while serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. By Pet Refuge, urging you to adopt, don't shop, where new beginnings have happy endings. And by the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at feedindiana.org. Thank you so much for joining me on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat tonight on 960 AM WSBT, the live stream at WSBTradio.com, and on our free WSBT radio app. I'll be back tomorrow night from 5 until 7. And don't forget, coming up in just a few moments, five-star quarterback in the class of 2024, C.J. Carr, will make his college choice, The Expectation, he will pick the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. It'll be the Irish's third member of the class of 2024. And if, in fact, C.J. Carr picks the Irish, we'll have a complete recap tomorrow on Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Mike Singer, the Notre Dame football recruiting insider for Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com, will join me to recap a festive night for the Fighting Irish if C.J. Carr picks the Fighting Irish in just a couple of moments. You can watch it on the internet feed at CBS Sports HQ. Again, my name is Darren Pritchett. Thank you so much for joining me. Stand by. South Bend Cubs baseball is coming up next on Sports Radio 960 WSBT.